Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. Want to hear a story? Welcome back to Storytime with M. I am sharing my book Feelers currently, uh, a chapter or two a week, and we're on chapter six. If you remember in chapter five, Jane goes to art therapy for the first time. And now, chapter six. The long hours in the impossibly bright room and my fitful sleep are starting to wear on me. It makes me feel tense and edgy like my muscles are coiled up and ready to explode out of my skin. I've scratched myself raw in places. Nothing helps. Well, that's not entirely true. Art therapy helps. The time between sessions is unbearably long. My second session, I carried the small slip of paper with me. Reading in the bright room proved to be impossible, no matter how close I held the tiny paper. As I slipped into a chair at the same table as before... I casually glanced down and saw one word, printed in small, blocky letters. Kneel. My heart hammered in my chest. My palms have gone slick with sweat. I glance around the room, but there is no sign of Neil. The girl is there, and the young boy with the glasses. Another thin blonde girl stands in the far corner. She is transfixed on her work and will remain so until the end of our session. Her eyes never leave what she is creating. The others will risk an occasional glance, at least. I pick up a pencil and tap it lightly on the table. Nothing comes to mind immediately, so I begin with a line weaving across the page, followed by another, and another. Soon I am lost in the intricacies I see between the lines. The spaces are what I'm interested in. I focus closer and closer, leaning over my work until my nose brushes the page. I lose time again, but it's different. I sense danger and pain and fear. The scratch of my pencil on the paper sounds like the sharpening of a knife. Tension builds. There is too much pressure. I feel about to burst as my pencil continues its mesmerizing dance. Then it all mercifully goes black. When I come to, I am alone in the therapy room. The lights are off, but a single bulb burns in a socket near the door. The woman in white is sitting across the room in a large leather chair. She motions for me to join her. I move uncertainly across the room, avoiding chairs and easels. My legs are weak, and I wonder how long I've been sitting there. I lower myself onto a soft blue sofa and wait. The woman in white is not smiling. She holds three thick black books in her lap. Sketchbooks. Are they mine? The woman stares down at me a moment longer. She sighs. Hello, Jane. Nice of you to finally join us. How long? What happened? This, she replied simply. She gestured to the books on her lap. You had quite an episode. She opens one of the books and holds it out to me. It depicts a broken nose drawn in gruesome detail. She flips the page. Another broken piece of face. And another and another. Then she hands me another book. I open it to more of the same, but the whole face, sometimes the whole body. My hands are sweating so much they dampen the paper. 
The face is Neil's, and he is in a great amount of pain. The woman in white snatches the book from me and snaps it shut. What does this mean, Jane? Are you having violent thoughts against your friend? He is your friend, correct? I mean, after all, you do know his name, don't you? She glared at me and leaned closer. Don't bother answering. We know everything. We are always watching. Remember? She pointed at the camera, then used the same finger to poke me in the chest. Hard. If you break the rules again, you're gone. Understand? I nodded and she slapped me. My head snapped around with the force of the unexpected blow. My cheeks stung and my eyes watered. She shook her head. You don't understand. You best hope you never do. She stood up suddenly and motioned for me to follow. She led me down the hall to the big wooden door where the goggled attendants had been waiting the whole time. They jostled me a little more viciously on the way back to my room, and I knew they were mad about the wait. They shoved me into my room and I stumbled and sprawled across the floor. I lifted my head and looked around the room in confusion. The golden light was far less bright. I could see my room, the bed and the pillows, the carpet, everything, all in the same pale gold hue. I got up and walked around the room, taking it in. There wasn't much, but it was amazing to see it all so clearly. I sat on the edge of the bed and stared. I kept waiting for the golden ball to spark up to full glare again, but it held the same gentle brightness. A sudden weariness came over me and I barely made it under the blankets before I fell asleep. The first deep sleep I'd had in a long time. When I woke, the light was still gentle and calm. My body was sweaty and the blankets were soaked through. Something new had been added to my room while I slept. An ornate golden wardrobe sat in one corner. Inside I found new clothes, all black and gray like the others. I pulled on a stretchy long sleeve shirt and leggings. The dry clothes felt good against my clammy skin. A while later, there is a knock at the door. It opens immediately, and the dark-haired young man enters. He is wearing a white lab coat and holding his tablet in one hand and a black sketchbook in the other. His eyes meet mine for just a moment, and there is a warning there. I do not speak or move a muscle. I wait to see what will happen next. He stares at me a moment longer. Then he taps on his tablet and stares down into its harsh glow. Hello, Jane. He brushes a hand through his messy hair while he studies the screen. I see you had a bit of a rough time recently. Want to tell me about it? He looks up from the screen, and I wipe my sweaty hands on my pants. I can feel my face getting hot. I don't know what happened. Why did you draw those pictures? I don't know. He taps his tablet a few times angrily, and then his face changes. We only have a minute. Are you okay? Who are you? What do you want? He sat down beside me on the bed. I was very aware of how hot the room was. I could feel the sweat beating up along my hairline. My name's Cal. Short for Calvin. I'm trying to help you. Why? Cal shook his head. No time for all that now. Maybe later. Just trust me, okay? I nodded. I wasn't sure I did trust him, but it seemed like the thing he wanted from me. He tapped his tablet while motioning for me to be quiet. His face grew impassive, if not somewhat hostile. Look, I just want to know if the boy is in danger. He's in isolation right now, and that's not good for anybody. Of course he's not in danger. I don't want to harm anyone. Cal nodded grimly. Well, he said, 
opening the sketchbook to a particularly violent drawing. I hope you're being honest with me. Keep it straight from now on. Be a good girl. He snapped the book shut and crossed quickly to the door. He met my eyes briefly before he stepped into the dark hallway. The goggled attendants were waiting to guide him. As the door closed, the golden ball of light began to hum. It grew brighter and brighter until it burned my eyes even when they were closed. The hum was deafening. I stumbled blindly to the bed and flopped down, covering my head with my pillow. The light stayed bright for a long time. It must have been days. I slept fitfully or lay awake with my face protected by the pillow. I laid in bed so long my body began to ache. I sat up, carefully holding the pillow to my face. Slowly, I scooched to the side of the bed and put my feet down on the soft carpet. My legs were shaky when I stood, and my joints hurt, but I rose to my feet and paced a few slow circles around the room. Round and round I went, making slow, careful circuits of my tiny room. I held the pillow loosely, covering my eyes, but leaving enough room for air to pass through. The pillowcase was damp and clung to my skin. It was stifling. Finally, I couldn't bear it any longer. I needed to breathe. I lowered the pillow, bracing for the burning sensation, but nothing happened. I cautiously opened my eyes, blinking a few times to adjust to the light. The golden orb was back to its warm, gentle glow. I looked around the room. The wardrobe was gone. In its place was a pair of black and white canvas sneakers and a pair of black socks. I picked them up gingerly, as if they might come alive and bite me, and sat down on the bed to put them on. It felt good to slide the soft, warm socks on, and the firmness of the shoe's sole was reassuringly supportive. I could run in these. But why would I need to? The door opened again a while later. The goggled attendants motioned for me to follow. These two were different, shorter and more plump, still with shaved heads, but both of them bore short, dark stubble on their scalps. They jerked me roughly into the dark hallway and pushed me along. I stumbled, unaccustomed to the new shoes and the rapid pace. The doors opened and I fell into the elevator. Strong hands grabbed me by the waist and kept me from falling to the floor. I looked up to thank my rescuer, and Neil was looking down at me. His expression was passive and neutral, but there was a twinkle in his eyes. The corner of his mouth twitched slightly. All right, hands off. No touching. My new attendants yanked me back and shoved me into the wall, while Niels dropped him to the floor with one perfectly placed blow of a baton. I bit my lip to keep from crying out as the light went from his eyes and he fell forward onto his face. A trickle of blood ran down his chin and pooled underneath him. One of his attendants cursed. You hit him too hard. So? They nodded. My attendants nodded. I stared at the floor and tried to avoid seeing Neil's slack expression. He was still breathing, at least. He would recover. The doors opened and Neil's attendants kicked him. His eyes fluttered open. My attendants grunted and shoved me out of the elevator. I stumbled down the hall to the wooden door. The woman in white was waiting for me. After she closed the door behind us, her sneer of disgust even more apparent this time, she turned to me and switched to her pained, emotionless smile. What happened in the elevator? Her icy stare bore into me. What? That boy was unconscious, the one you threatened. I didn't threaten anybody. She smirked and nodded. She motioned for me to follow her down the hall. 
Art therapy, she said as she opened the door. Try to play nice this time. We've had enough bloodshed for one day. She closed the door behind me, and for once, no one was hiding their stares. They had heard her. And no matter what had been done to them, they feared it less than they now feared me. Guess I'm not making any friends here. Probably for the best. Neil's slack, lifeless face was burned into my mind. I've got to get out of this place. And that is the end of Chapter 6, Book Lovers. Thank you so much for listening to Storytime with M. Um, don't forget to check out a new episode of M's Books and Cats podcast on Thursday. And until next time, keep reading.